Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another week of another wild ride when it came to what we saw within this market trade. We're going to take a look at what's going on with this wheat market. Grains in general, what are we going to see midsummer as we see China pull back on their purchases? No surprise there. But now talk of some dry weather happening in Brazil. We'll flip over the page and take a look at what's been happening with not only our hog market going crazy, but a 92 cent high in the June cattle. Is there a short term cash top going on? We've got a lot that we're going to have to look at at this week's report starting up after this. Imagine a future fueled by soy based possibilities, a future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof. A future that takes you from point A to point B to point Z, all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future? It's already here. Well, welcome back once again. It's going to be a fun show. I wish I could have uh, pre-recorded the pre-show conversation that I had with our two guests today. Sean Hackett joins us. He is with Hackett Financial Advisors. And we've got Kyle Bumstead as well with Allendale. And gentlemen, uh, it's been an interesting trading week with so many different influences coming on. And I kind of wanted to start out first and foremost with with this cattle market, because what's been happening in the grains, the correlation with when we should see feeders reacting to the lower grains didn't always take place like we thought. But then to see June cattle hit a 92 cent high, Kyle. Well, that's right, Susan. Uh, we were 92, about 90, 92 cents higher for the week on these June live cattle. And uh, cash was steady to maybe a freckle weaker in some uh, some areas this week, uh, as far as the Southern Plains and even here in the North too. So the question, and, and a lot more people are, are talking about it, maybe we've put a short-term cash high in this market. Now I don't look for a massive sell-off, but rather this June contract could trade sideways here for a little bit. I mean, you're, you're carving out a nice trading range from uh, you know the mid 163s to potentially that 166 and a half, maybe 167 area on the chart. So we could, you know, just trade back and forth in that range here for a little bit until we confirm or we get a better confirmation what the cash market's going to do in the upcoming weeks. Now, switching over to the feeder cattle side of things, you made an excellent point here where everyone thinks, well, you know, the, the feeder cattle are going up or down because it's doing the opposite of corn, but that's not always the case when it comes to it. I mean, you've seen a number of days this week when feeder cattle started lower, when the corn market was lower as well, and then feeders did eventually come back during the session. But to today, Friday, going home, uh, the feeder cattle complex looks a little bit heavy, uh, but that's on the daily chart. We did see a reversal up there today uh, on Friday going home. But on the daily chart, that doesn't necessarily mean anything recently here with the uh, other short-term reversals we've seen during this rally, Susan. Sean, what are your thoughts on these on these hogs? I mean, we finished a Friday with a nice positive trend that hopefully can jump into next week. The pork cutout, which is really what's going to drive the near-term price for hogs, finally had a credible uh, reversal back up and a technical buy signal, at least a short-term technical buy signal. And that has been really what took the market off originally. And so, you know, we're getting near the grilling season, the value, regardless of how everyone says pork quality relative to beef, is it what it used to be and all that sort of thing, the value proposition in a weakening economy with tightening budgets, it's just too juicy to pass up. In my opinion, we're starting to see demand come in to the cutout and that's starting to give the hogs a lift. And I think that trend is going to continue for the hog market. The speculators are up to their eyeballs short at the wrong time of the year. And I think they're going to start having to short cover and buy back into the market. So we're very optimistic 
for at least on, for domestic concerns that the hog market could have some momentum going into a lot of part of the spring. So there's some method to my madness for starting out with the with the livestock side of stuff today. And that's because I think of consumers and everything that they're watching protein wise, which brings me to the point that you uh, brought up pre-show, Sean, and that's these commodities and the war with the feds and interest rates and everything that's been going on. Kind of give us your spin on how that's filtering into agriculture. You know, commodities always go inverse to the Federal Reserve's tightening or or monetary weakening or, you know, liquidity policies. They've been raising, 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 lowering liquidity. Commodities have been working their way down, 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 down. That trend is not going to stop until either they stop and then next week, Powell says that they're going to, that's it. They're done with raising rates and their next decision is going to be providing some liquidity back into the marketplace and lowering rates and or we need, at least for agriculture, mother nature to override or we need geopolitical to override. Right now, it doesn't look like we're going to get those two things. So the Fed really has to make a commitment next week to say, guys, we've done enough. The economy was weaker this week than expected. Even though inflation was sticky to the upside, it's always lagging effect. I think they're going to give that signal next week. And if they do, then markets can start to look over the valley of the shadow of death of the economy to some better times ahead. Which will be definitely good news. And Kyle, from a consumer perspective with this livestock, we need something positive for our pocketbooks. Well, that's right. And and to make the point about the pork cutout versus the beef, pork is uh, has been a, a lot cheaper alternative here to household uh, for household spending. So you could see some substitution of that pork come in here instead of the beef. But box beef is if we want to use box beef as, a, as an economic indicator, we're not seeing any economic struggles because box beef has been uh, on a on a tear higher here the last six weeks. So uh, you know, box beef still going up good. And uh, like Sean said, the, the pork cutout has finally turned around and, and started uh, pushing higher. And we did get a close above $91. That's the first time we've been above 90 bucks in hogs for, gosh, I can't remember how long. It's, it's been a long time since we've been above 90 bucks here in these June hogs. So uh, that's a good sign for the market here to close strong here as, as far as that goes for the week. So did the Chinese cancellations come as a surprise to you, Kyle? As far as corn? Yeah, the fact that the corn and now the talk of what's going to happen with the bean complex? Not really. That, I mean, it doesn't really come as a surprise. I mean, three weeks ago, you saw these forward spreads just get wound up. And, and every day or every other day, I think we had 10 or 11 days in a row of uh, announcements of sales of corn to China. And they were just booking and booking and booking. And uh, then you come in here last week and the basis started to slip. And then the spread started to unwind a little bit. And now all of a sudden, boom, you have cancellations. So those commercials are like, yeah, they canceled on us. We don't need it. And uh, you saw those spreads start to unwind. Now today, maybe a little bit different. You saw a few of those spreads, uh, you know, maybe saw some value picking here today towards the lower end of the range here, both uh, new crop corn and old crop corn, which if you want to tie this back to the cattle on feed, we still have a lot of cattle on feed. And that just confirmed it. If you want to believe the government's numbers here from this last cattle on feed that we placed some more cattle here. So that mid to late summer corn demand, as far as domestic demand, we should still have some feed demand out here in cattle country. Well, as we continue with the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, Kyle, are, you look at that and, and what's going to happen with uh, the weather here in the States, the pressure that we're going to see with imports. Do you see that in this next week being a factor as well? I mean, we're getting you know just really getting a really good start on planting this crop so weather is still in play all summer 
as we talked about. But, uh, you know, if you really want to look back at history, not that I'm a fan of government reports, but it seems like the, the grain complex has an inflection point about mid-May, about the same week that we have a, a crop report. So we're going to get the third first look in at new crop production. We've seen new crop production already a couple times here this year as far as from the outlook form and a couple other numbers the USDA has issued. So this isn't new news as far as new crop corn acres and, and uh, what they think the yield is going to be and things like that. We've already plowed that ground once and they're going to plow it again the third time here when this next report and think it's new news, but it's really not. So when you look at it in general as a whole, I think we need to you know, look at a technical perspective here and then also keep an eye, like you said, on the weather here in the Central Plains the, and even the Eastern Corn Belt. It's supposed to get cold out there again, and I don't know what kind of stage their crop is in out there. I know a lot of people are just planting or getting it planted. I don't know about emergence yet. Sean, how dry is it in Brazil? Is that something we need to be worried about? We I mean, always worry about it, but it's not an issue right now. The subsoil moisture is actually pretty good. Um, the rains overall, it's their dry season, so they don't typically get a lot of rain this time of the year, but it looks to me like the crop's going to come in. They do have a lot of late planted corn, so you're not going to have the, a top-end bin buster crop like soybeans, but it's going to be a good crop. I would be more worried about a drought returning or coming into the central grain belt. The last time we had a La Nina transition to an El Nino was 2012. The last time we had that with a negative Pacific decadal oscillation, which is cold sea surface temperatures off of California, was 2012. Everyone is saying El Nino's coming, cool wet weather, big yields, and they said the same thing in 2012, and they're making a grave mistake that teleconnections do not support El Nino weather this growing season. They support it in 24. And so what you're getting right now are speculators getting all on the one side of the market, as Kyle said here in mid-May, and I think they could be have making a huge error in thinking nothing to worry about, and all of a sudden you get into June and hot, dry weather comes in. We don't have actually really that good subsoil moisture in a lot of areas. We could get flash drafts just like that. I would be paying attention to that. So could we see some highs happen later this summer if, if all this plays in together? We're in a, what we call an inversion year. Normally, seasonally, you peak in the spring and you ebb into the fall. Last two years was a classic example of that. This year is an inversion. We're making our lows when we're supposed to make their highs, and typically that means we're going to make our highs later in the year when we're supposed to make our lows, and the kind of weather pattern our work suggests would absolutely feed into that kind of a inversion construct. i got to ask you real quick about this uh, dairy market. What do you see as some of the, the boosts coming? Well, cull, cows are being culled left and right. The margins out west are probably worse than they were in 2009. We're going to see significant contraction in production later this year in the U.S. And China demand is starting to perk up. We had our first really strong GDT auction out of New Zealand this past auction in a while. I think we had milk powder up about 8 to 9% in one auction. I think we're getting very, very close to turning the corner. Remember, Max production in the U.S. is right now. It's not unusual to put an ugly low in around now and then turn the corner. I'm very optimistic about dairy prices later on in the year. All right, Kyle, we'll give you the final thoughts here. What What are you thinking uh, we should be watching for in the markets come Monday? Well, I think Monday it's going to be a new month. Do we get some new money to come in here and prop this complex up? Do we believe these uh, maybe short-term reversals we saw on the charts? But uh you know, we still have some upside chart technicals here for us to maybe potentially go back and revisit as far as uh, on the corn side of things. And, you know, I'm still in the camp that we could see some highs here put in June, July, uh, like we seasonally do. 
But uh, once we get there and we get back to some areas here, I know there's a lot of producers that are going to be hitting the sell button because they missed out this opportunity or, or opportunity to get some hedges in place. Also, keep an eye on that new crop forward curve out there in both corn and soybeans, the Deesta March corn and the uh, no to Jan uh, soybean spreads out there because that's the commercial view. Those are the ones that are telling you we think we're going to have a big crop or don't have a big crop by how much carry they're putting in the market out there saying, do we want your corn and beans off the combine or do we want you to, you know, do we want the market to pay you to store it out there for a few months? All right, that has been a look at this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup on the Rural Radio Network.